Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Before we roll the audio on this PFT Live podcast, we want you to know that Mike Florio does an afternoon podcast. Why? To catch all the late-breaking news and developing stories in the NFL, of course. So you got to subscribe to PFT PM as well. Go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Art19, or Google Play. Search PFT PM and subscribe. Boom. Done. Thanks for the support. Now, stats for another hour of the PFT Live podcast. Thursday edition of Pro Football Talk live NBC Sports Radio heading to NBCSN in an hour. Christopher David Sims still on vacation in an undisclosed location. I think I know where he is. I just can't remember. Can't really say I care. He's on vacation. I'm not. I'm here in West Virginia in what should be the dead of winter where it should be snowy and beautiful and it's just raining every day. Nonstop woke me up middle of the night pouring down rain. But I'm not bitter. I'm not upset. I like what I do. And I especially like it on days like today when there's an unexpected bone that is full of meat. That big giant turkey leg that we can delve into. Before that, let me mention Shereen Williams with a debut of her home studio with a disgusting Robert Staubach jersey hanging in the background. We'll be joining me today. And I kid about Robert Staubach. Robert Staubach. I should call him Robert Staubach just to be a jerk. Even more of a jerk than I already am. 1975 Hail Mary game. Drew Pearson pushes off. Hey, just trying to win a football game. I should let it go after 45 years. 45 years should be the statue of limitations. Statute. It's a sculpture of limitations. So anyway, Cowboys are in Texas. Matthew Stafford's from Texas. There's a connection. There's a segue. There's something to link stream of consciousness to report from guy I've never heard of. And let's be fair about it. I've never heard of Bernie Smilovitz. Hey, maybe he's never heard of me. I can live with that. Bernie Smilovitz 
of Local 4 in Detroit. It almost sounds made up, but the tweet comes from the Local 4 WDIV Detroit account with 407,000 followers. And the article says this. Sources close to Matthew Stafford and the Detroit Lions have confirmed to Local 4's Bernie Smilovitz that trade talks concerning the quarterback have been underway for a couple of weeks. Now, I did a search on the PFT website, and our search box is very good. If there's a story you vaguely remember, you put in a couple search terms, it's, it works like Google. It's great. I use it all the time. I do more searches on the PFT website than I do on Google. I put in Smilovitz. No hits. Never. So look, it, it, that doesn't make it wrong. But it's a far different vibe than if it were coming from someone who has a track record of reporting on the Lions specifically or the NFL generally. There's certain, like if Glazer had reported, you're like, oh, oh, they're trading Matthew Stafford. How about that? Nothing against Bernie Smilovitz. You just have to take that into consideration. And, you know, I you also have to look at the context because sometimes... There is a temptation to maybe, maybe, and I, I, look, I don't think people make things up. Let me tell you, if, if reporters made stuff up, there would be a lot more creative stuff out there. If people are, are making up reports, the stuff they're making up is pretty damn boring. But when the rumors are already swirling and when there's a seat in L.A. that is wide open, given the decision of the Chargers to move on from Phillip Rivers, and you see that there are items out there where there are writers who are clearly speculating about potential trade destinations for Matthew Stafford, there is a temptation to push it the next step and get ahead of the curve. Well, I think they're talking about trading him, so what the hell? Sources close to Matthew Stafford and the Lions tell me that they are talking to teams about trading. Or it could be right. It could be right. I don't know. I'm just the messenger. I'm fascinated by it. Especially because at some point, and I think this happened before the report emerged, Kelly Stafford, the wife of Matthew Stafford, took to Instagram and posted an image of one of the stories speculating on trade destinations and put the message on top of it, well, if Detroit is done with us, and then when you go to the next page, I think it's her Instagram story, there's an image of the Chargers, and she superimposes over that, I could stay in Cali. With a, a picture of like a shrugging, not really emoji, because it's got a body. It's not just the face. It's not the disembodied head. It's just that, like, I don't, I don't know. There are two major factors that complicate a trade. Here's one. Stafford's contract 
currently has, if traded this year, $32 million in dead money. That's the charge they would take against the cap for trading Matthew Stafford. Now, of that $32 million, $13 million of it already counts this year anyway. It would be a $19 million acceleration. $10 million in signing bonus money that otherwise would apply to 2021 and $9 million in a restructuring bonus that would apply to 2021 as well. And it actually covers 2021 through 2023. He's under contract for four more years. Actually, three more years. Three more years under contract. They're going to eat that extra $3 million in 2023, even if he's not on the team. So $32 million total. $19 million more than what's already allocated. And the base salary is only $7.8 million this year with a $500,000 workout bonus. So the cap charge of having him on the team is $21.3 million. For a quarterback, that's affordable. The cap charge of trading him is $32 million. But they would save $8.3 million in cash. And when you look at the contract moving forward, it's not a bad deal if you would trade for him. million this year, $9.5 million in salary and a $500,000 workout bonus next year, so that's $10 million, and then a $13 million package in 2022. That's a pretty good deal. He's already gotten the bulk of his money, which, again, makes it curious as to why you'd want to trade him. And the other thing that complicates this, when Martha Firestone Ford came out during the season to say that Matt Patricia would be back as coach and Bob Quinn would be back as GM. The vibe was pretty clear that 2020 is it. 2020 is move up or move out. So how are you going to do that with a new quarterback? You've got Matthew Stafford. You're going to trade Matthew Stafford, one of the best throwers of the football, as Sims would say. And just get somebody else. Who you getting? You getting Tom Brady to come to Detroit? You think Tom Brady's going to make a difference in one year with the Lions? I don't know. Maybe he will. Nothing against Detroit. I've actually never been to Detroit. I've heard good things about Detroit. I look forward to going to Detroit at some point. But I don't see Giselle living in Detroit. Just like I don't see Giselle living in Indianapolis. I know there's other guys out there. They can get Phillip Rivers, I guess. But it would be a dramatic overhaul. I mean, the biggest domino this offseason is Tom Brady. But we've seen some fall. And if Matthew Stafford is going to fall, that's a big one. That makes a thud. You know, when something big falls and it just makes a thud and the dust goes up everywhere, that's going to be Stafford. Not as big as Brady if he leaves. But that'd be a pretty big deal. I'm skeptical for now. I'm skeptical about everything. I'm definitely skeptical. I, I, and, and, you know, I, here's what's going to happen. At some point this morning, you're going to see this either get confirmed or you're going to have reports indicating that it's false because people will be texting Bob Quinn and or Matt Patricia to find out what the hell's going on. In Cincinnati, 
it's far less stunning to think that the Bengals would be willing to trade Andy Dalton. That's a smaller domino. That's a domino that when it falls, all due respect, there will be no dust cloud. Duke Tobin, the Bengals director of player personnel, addressed Andy Dalton's situation last month, and he said the team wouldn't do anything that Dalton is uncomfortable with and that they'll be in constant communication this offseason. Ian Rappaport of NFL Media reported on Wednesday that the team is willing to work with Dalton to facilitate a trade to another team when the time is right. Well, and, and here, look. Listen, let's be realistic about this, okay? You don't trade a quarterback the way you trade an offensive lineman. You don't just dump a guy onto a team and say, hey, you're moving to Philly. Not a quarterback. You can't do that. If the quarterback doesn't want to be there, you've got a problem. Of course you're willing to work with Dalton. You have to work with Dalton. You can't go into Dalton and say, we've traded you to wherever. We've traded you to Kansas City. You're going to be the backup to Patrick Mahomes. He may like that. But my point is, you just can't pick a team and send a guy there. You have to work with him. You have to work with him. Now, I don't know when the time is right, but the thing is, this game of musical chairs is going to get started. And I still don't know whether there's going to be more butts than seats or more seats than butts. But timing is going to be everything here. Are they going to trade Dalton after they draft a quarterback? Does that become the point when the time is right for the Bengals by then who's got a spot you think somebody's holding a starting spot for Andy Dalton Peter King keeps mentioning Andy Dalton to the Patriots and I told him the other day I can't wait for the moment when they're announcing the team at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough home opener and at quarterback Andy the Red Rifle Dalton. Boo! You think folks in Boston are going to accept Andy Dalton? They better have week one and two on the road, and he better have 450 yards and four touchdowns in each game. His contract pays out a mere $17.5 million, which actually sounds cheap if you don't talk about Matthew Stafford's only paying out 8.3. Give me Stafford. What would the Lions want for Stafford? I'm not surprised by Dalton. And look, we're in the gap between the Super Bowl and the scouting combine where we just are kind of looking for stuff and stuff maybe is going to get overstated. This irritates me because Ian should know better. Willing to work with Dalton. Of course they are. They have no choice. They have no choice. But if they wait too long, they're not going to be able to trade him. And if I'm Dalton, I'm banging on the door now. Line up a deal now. We, You got the first overall pick in the draft. We know you're taking a quarterback. See, the problem is if they trade down from number one, then they're exposed to getting leapfrogged for Tua Tonga-Vailoa or Justin Herbert. That's the concern. So they're going to want to squat on Dalton. It's in their best interest to squat on Dalton. And then they can just cut him. If worst comes to worst. How much are you getting for Andy Dalton anyway? 
How much are you getting for him? What, what are you going to trade for Matthew Stafford and his $8.3 million this year? What are you going to trade for Andy Dalton and his $17.5 million? What are you giving up? Stafford's worth at least a one, a one plus, right? What's Dalton worth? A two, a three, a four? I wish teams would use the the draft pick for next year that goes up and down based upon how well the guy plays. I wish they would do that more. It could be a three, it could be a two, it could be a one. I think teams don't like to tie their hands with multiple picks that they can't then use for something else. Because if you say, well, it's a four, but it could be a three, and then it could be a two, it could be a one, you got to have all four of those picks. You can't move them. All right, we got to move on. When we return, Miles Garrett has been reinstated by the National Football League. What the stakes are for him, the team, and the league when he steps back onto a football field and potentially, quote-unquote, loses his cool the next time. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. 22 minutes after the hour, Thursday edition Pro Football Talk Live. Wednesday, the news came that just two days after meeting with officials at the league office, including Commissioner Roger Goodell, Miles Garrett has been reinstated by the National Football League. We welcome Miles back to our organization with open arms. Brown's GM Andrew Barry said in a statement, we know he is grateful to be reinstated, eager to put the past behind him and continue to evolve and grow as a leader. We look forward to having his strong, positive presence back as a teammate, player, and person in the community. Fine. Good. Fine. I got no problem with that. Here's what I got a problem with. The guy removed Mason Rudolph's helmet and whacked him over the head with it in a fit of rage. I lost my cool, Garrett said from his locker not long after. What to me was the most shocking on-field display that I've ever seen. More shocking than Albert Hainsworth removing the helmet of Andre Garrod and stepping on his forehead with a cleat. Yes, the aftermath was a lot more gruesome. Kind of like Carrie final scene not the final scene right before the final scene when she blows everything up a little bloody a little nasty didn't have that with Rudolph Rudolph did not go down in a heap Rudolph did not get knocked out Rudolph did not have a concussion or a cerebral hemorrhage or death all of which are possible when a very large strong man windmills a helmet on top of someone's unexposed head or exposed head Damn, that sounded good until the end. Exposed head. So, I'm not making light of this. My concern is, what have you done to ensure that he's not going to lose his cool again? You just wag a finger at him? Hey, Miles, if this happens again, you're not getting reinstated. Because I'm telling you, if it happens again, and somebody gets seriously hurt, or worse... It becomes the moral and legal responsibility of the league. And we were talking about this the other day, and I hate getting into the legal weeds, but this fascinates me because if I was the general counsel of the NFL, I would want the Browns to take full responsibility for this guy. And I would want Jimmy Haslam to put in writing that if Miles Garrett whacks someone else over the head with a helmet or otherwise engage, engages in some sort of activity beyond the normal scope of the playing rules, that inflicts injury on someone resulting in potential liability against the league under the argument that you guys knew this guy was unable to keep his cool 
and was going to do something that would essentially amount to, I hate to use the term, assault on the football field. You knew all this could happen. He didn't do anything to stop it. And you didn't ensure that when he came back, he wouldn't do it again. So I think the NFL has just accepted the risk here. They want to have a great player available to the Browns. They want to have a great player on the field. And they've probably made it clear to him if there isn't, (laughs) excuse me, if there is another time, your career's over. Period. And then they just hope there isn't another time. And it's easy to hope there isn't another time because the first time was so stunning. Well, nothing like that's ever happened before. So why do we think it would happen again? Well, because it happened, right? Once you show the capacity to do something that shocking, that stunning, that unprecedented, it is no longer, wait for it, unprecedented. That's my concern. My concern is for the game. My concern is for the league here because the last thing anyone needs, my concern is also for the potential next victim, the one who doesn't just keep going like Mason Rudolph did. I mean, the guy's head must be made out of granite. The next guy who gets whacked over the head with a helmet or otherwise is hit in some way after the play is over that gets him in a compromising position. And if that guy is seriously injured or worse, that's when you have a serious problem for the league and for the game and for anyone who cares about the game. It never should have happened the first time. And I hope like hell that the NFL and the Browns are confident the way they need to be, that it's not going to happen again. I think they're just rolling the dice, and they're hoping it doesn't come up seven in a bad way the next time. More PX Live right after this. It was two weeks today in Miami that we spent some time talking about comments from 49ers cornerback Richard Sherman, also a member of the NFL Players Association Executive Committee, regarding the 17-game season. Sherman, during one of his various media availabilities, Super Bowl week, said that it's hypocritical for the league to claim that it's serious about player health and safety while also wanting to play 17 on the way to 18 regular season games in lieu of 16, which had been the norm since the late 70s. And I got upset because Sherman suggested the media never points that out. Well, Richard, we do. We point out the hypocrisy of playing more games versus player health and safety. And I also pointed out that day the hypocrisy of the union negotiating with the league based on a 17-game regular season while complaining about the hypocrisy of the league in wanting 17 games. If you don't want to play 17 games, then you need to say to the league, we're never playing 17 games. And if you don't like it, lock us out. And you need to be willing to take a lockout. You don't negotiate with the union and the league on 17 games and then all of a sudden say, well, we don't want 17 games. It's too late for that now. Now, look, they can do it and they very well may do it. But I think when push comes to shove, if there's a lockout next year and as the preseason approaches, the players who aren't going to want to miss game checks are just going to say uncle at that point. 
So there are layers and levels of hypocrisy as it relates to player health and safety in 17 games. You can't reconcile the two. Well, maybe you can. Maybe you can. Maybe the way to avoid the hypocrisy is to say there is no hypocrisy. 17 games won't impact player health and safety. That's what Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell said in an interview with Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. Here's his quote. I think our fans would like more. We have surveyed our fans. The health and safety data plays out that we can do 17 games and it's not going to impact the safety and the health of the players. Man, I'd love to see that data, wouldn't you? I already asked the league, who did you survey? I want to know. We posted a very simple poll on Twitter last week. Do you want 17 games? 56,000 plus responded. 62% said no. I was stunned. Stunned. And it wasn't a push poll. Do you want 17 games? Yes, no. Yes was the first option. There's all sorts of crap you can do with surveys and polls to get the numbers that you want. That's why I asked the league yesterday, hey, can you tell me more about this survey? Who was surveyed? What were the questions? You know what I've heard in response? That's what I've heard in response. I'm going to follow up and I'm going to ask about the health and safety data that shows you can play 17 games without compromising health and safety. That's a big deal. Isn't that something that the commissioner should have been talking about two Wednesdays ago? At the State of the League address? The one that's tucked into the middle of the week before everyone gets there? The one that's done at a separate location so far away? It's a pain in the ass to go and nobody goes? Isn't that where they should have pulled the sheet off of this fairly radical idea that playing an extra game has no impact on player health and safety. It's ludicrous on the surface. And I'm willing to give Michael Bidwell, a former lawyer, a prosecutor, a guy that has been mentioned from time to time as a potential future commissioner. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I like Michael Bidwell. But you got to give me more than... The health and safety data plays out that we can do 17 games and it's not going to impact the safety and health of the players. Maybe they asked him the follow-up. Maybe I need to go back and listen to this. But my God, it does not pass the smell test, does it? Does it to you? You got to give me more than just conclusion. You can't tell me 2 plus 2 equals 5. I'm hearing that crap all the time now. I've quit watching cable news. I have been gaslit. I accept it. But I'm not accepting at face value someone saying we can play 17 games and it won't impact health and safety. Of course it will. Of all the asinine things I've heard in the 20 years that I have been covering this sport, Michael Bidwell I'm not going to say you're number one because I've heard some pretty asinine things, but you're in the top three, baby. And I like and respect the guy. Here's the thing. They are hell-bent on more. They are going to find more places in the pizza to stuff cheese. And you can either accept that your pizza is going to have more cheese stuffed into it, or you can stop eating pizza. See, that's the thing. 
I don't think there's any survey that the players want, or the fans, excuse me, want more games, unless it is some sort of a compromised, biased survey that has some loaded question that is aimed at getting people to say yes. What would you prefer? 17 games per year or zero games per year? <laughs> that would be a push poll. That's an example of a poll that is that is engineered with a specific outcome in mind. Look, they're going to do it. And what are we going to do as fans? Are we going to stop watching? How dare they play more football? I will watch no football because they're playing more football. I don't think I can deal with another week of football. What, what do we hear from everyone? And it drove me crazy. As the Super Bowl was approaching, there were all of these lamentations on Twitter. Oh, no, football's going to be gone. Yeah, that's how it works every year. After the Super Bowl, it goes away. They don't play the Super Bowl in the middle of the season, folks. That's how it works. Life goes on. They just want one more week before we're saying, Oh, no, football. (laughs) Give me a break. Yeah, it's football season, not football year. It has to end at some point. They're just trying to make it end one week later. They're trying to stretch it out one week longer. And when it comes to the obvious consequences of playing an extra game, their position is pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. The great and powerful Oz has spoken. That's it. Just be straight with us. Just be straight with us. How can you justify, Mr. Commissioner, playing an extra regular season game and preserving and promoting the health and safety of your players, sir? How can you justify that? I don't have to. We own the game. We run the game. We want to play more. We're going to play more. If you don't like it, watch hockey. I'd love to... You know, uh, look... I, the, the world is so coded in BS, isn't it? Isn't it? I don't know. I was in a good mood today. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, it's so hard to find authenticity. It's so hard to find truth. It's so hard to find real. Everyone is full of crap. Just tell us the truth. Just tell us. Tell us the truth. But again, here's the thing. What's the or else? You tell us the truth or we're going to stop watching football. See, it's too late. We're junkies. We're hooked. We're not going to... I'm not going to stop buying my drugs because my, my pusher isn't telling me the truth. I know that's not the best simile, but it is. Hey, wait a minute. I don't mean to call the NFL a... Uh, a, a drug pusher. Do they still use that term? A drug pusher? Drug dealer? Used to be drug pusher. I'm not calling the NFL a drug dealer, but the NFL has a drug that I need. Or I will have the shakes. And they can lie to me all they want as long as they give me my damn drugs. Sure, whatever. Sure. I don't know. It, it's Here's the thing. I just think that because we're hooked, because 
we have the the bug because we love football why not just tell us the truth it's not like we're going to turn away from it in the face of the truth aren't we less likely to turn away from it in the face of the truth than we are in the face of bs that is easily exposed if we're not going to turn away from it in the face of the bs that is easily exposed we're definitely not going to turn away from it in the face of the truth just be truthful with us that pisses me off more than anything The, uh, the one thing I've learned is the less intelligence you have, the more upset you are when that limited intelligence is insulted. That's why I get upset when, you know, if, if look, it doesn't take much to pull the fast one on me. If, if, if you, if you don't even put the effort in, if it's so obvious that even I can figure it out, then that is insulting. Insult the people who are really intelligent, not the ones who are like me or like, huh? Come on, man. It's so obvious. I'm done. There's nothing more I can say. There's nothing more. I'd, and, and we're going to have 17 games. It's going to happen. I'm telling you, the NFLPA is going to agree to this. The, the head of the union is trying to get them to agree to it. He's trying to work this out. He's having a harder time than he thought he was going to have. But eventually what's going to happen is these guys are going to realize that in July, August of 2021, they're going to accept a CBA based on 17 games because they don't want to miss game checks. So at some point between now and ideally March 18, the players are going to say, we don't like this, we don't want this, but we like it more than no football. Just like the fans. Maybe that's the perfect survey question. Do you want 17 games or do you want zero? That's the way the survey possibly presented it to the fans, and that's the way that the league needs to present it to the players because that is what they are choosing between. It's 17 or it's none. All right, when we return, joke of the day on Twitter, the man who went 30-30 is now 20-20. We'll discuss when PFT Live continues right after this. Okay, so Bob Quinn, the general manager of the Detroit Lions, has texted Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press to say that the report of the Lions talking trade for Matthew Stafford is 100% false. Not just false, 100% false. Not even partially true. 100% unadulterated crap from a bull. That's what it is, according to Bob Quinn. Now, look, look, I... That... That doesn't mean he won't be traded. That's just the Lions' official position for now. We've seen this before. We know how this goes. We know how this game works. You're not going to come out and say, yeah, we're trying to trade the guy. Because you compromise your ability to trade the guy if you come out and say, yes, we're trying to trade the guy. I want to know how Bernie Smilovitz was so wrong. Did he make it up? Maybe he did. That's what 100% false implies. Sources close to Matthew Stafford and the Lions say that they've been in trade talks for the past couple of weeks. So we have no intent to trade Percy Harvin. That's what I always go back to. Rick Spielman, 2013. You can't say you're going to trade the guy or you're not going to trade the guy. Or wait, let me try that again. You can't say you're going to trade the guy and get maximum value for him in trade. It doesn't work that way. We saw it with the Jaguars and Jalen Ramsey. We saw it with the Giants and Odo Beckham Jr. We may be seeing it now with the Browns and OBJ. And we may be seeing it with the Lions and Matthew Stafford. Now, that doesn't mean that one of these times someone won't be telling the truth. 
The problem is the truth and the lie, the, the, the strategy, right? It's the same. They overlap. You're going to hear the same thing. It's 100% false. You're going to hear that if you're not trading him, and you're going to hear that if you are trading him. So my point is this. All due respect to Bob Quinn and the Lions, you can't expect Bob Quinn to come out and say, well, since you asked nicely, yes, we are engaged in trade talks. We've yet to find a trade partner. And me acknowledging that we're trying to trade Matthew Stafford, of course, will do nothing to compromise our ability to trade him. So I may as well tell the world we're open for business on Matthew Stafford. Please, someone call us so we don't have to just give him away for a conditional seventh round draft pick. Meanwhile, Jameis Winston, another of the dominoes to fall at some point this offseason when it comes to quarterbacks. And Big Cat mentioned this yesterday, and I kind of forgot about it after the show. Shereen Williams posted something on it. My God, it blew up on Twitter. It broke the internet. Jameis Winston had LASIK. He can see now. And I, I feel so bad for Jameis Winston. At some point, he went from being a potential franchise quarterback to everyone's favorite punching bag. The guy had 5,109 passing yards last year, people. 5,109. Yes, he had 30 interceptions. Okay. He had 5,109 passing yards last year. Only four human beings in the history of the National Football League have had more than that in a single season. To me, that counts for something. Peter King and I were arguing about this the other day. He's just ready to throw Jameis Winston overboard and go get Philip Rivers. Did you not watch Philip Rivers play last year, Peter? Philip Rivers was not good last year. This idea that there's going to be a land rush for Philip Rivers, that they're going to be lining up, that they're going to have to take a number to have a chance to talk to Philip Rivers. Are you kidding me? He's going to have a hard time finding a starting job. Between Jameis Winston and Philip Rivers, I'm taking Jameis. He's younger, and he threw for 5,109 5, passing yards last year. And now he's had LASIK, which, again, it, it, it took off on social media just because of this fascination that has emerged with Jameis Winston. And, and look, he's had issues off the field. He's been clean for the last couple of years. No problems, no issues, no allegations. And he doesn't have to iron out much to end up being a great quarterback. Give me the guy who can throw for 5109 and who has 30 interceptions. I'll work on the interceptions. Now, I'd love to know behind the scenes what Jameis Winston is really doing to cut down on the interceptions. I, I recall last year that there were some things that Bruce Arians, the coach of the Buccaneers, had to say about Winston possibly embracing virtual reality training a little bit more. We don't hear much about the virtual reality stuff. We heard a lot about it a few years ago. There are still a lot of teams doing it. I just think they're all being very secretive about what they do. They don't want other teams to know how much they're using it. I think the Buccaneers are one of the teams that heavily have embraced it. I know that Bruce Arians was a guy who believed in it when he was in Arizona. I remember Carson Palmer was doing it. How hard is Jameis Winston working with these other opportunities to get reps that would cut down on the mistakes that you make in, in real time? And, and for Jameis, it's just those moments where, and you can't, I don't know, do you blame it on being nearsighted? I don't know. He just has those moments 
where he just he he makes a rash decision. He tries to do more than his body allows him to do. But I I think Jameis should stay in Tampa. I think the Bucks should want him. I'm astounded by the number of people who think they should move on. And if he's available, if they don't tag him, I don't know. It could make things interesting. If I'm the Bears, do I want Jameis Winston over Mitchell Trubisky? Maybe I do. You start looking around the league at some of the other spots out there. If you're the Panthers, do you pounce on Jameis Winston and trade Cam Newton? Maybe you do. All right, we got two more hours of PFT Live still to come. Shereen Williams is in. We're going to talk about this Matthew Stafford trade report and denial by the Lions. We're going to talk about Andy Dalton, Big Red, the Red Rifle possibly on the move. We've known that for months. Where he lands is a different issue. We got plenty more to discuss as well. More PFT Live coming at you right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.